What's going on, everybody? VB Lunch Crew with Layton and Chris, episode 14, coming at you. Layton, how's it going? Good, thank you. Excited to be back. And we have lots to talk about today. Appreciate everyone who is tuned in to join us. Now, the first topic we're going to discuss, for those of you, if you've never heard of Fanatics, which, to be candid, you have to be sleeping under a rock. But if you haven't, <laughs> Fanatics came in not that long ago, right? Big sports apparel company and they took a bite out of or into if you will the sports card and memorabilia industry by acquiring tops amongst other things and in doing that chris one of the things i know that you follow a little bit more closely than me is fanatics is managed to cement a few really key players as far as getting their autographs to be exclusive to fanatics but there was a little window where i'm sure they weren't exclusive so why don't you tell me what's going on with the likes of you know all these these young guys who we really want to see for example you know in panini products like cj stroud tell me what's going on in the market so uh, and this is really like an unintended consequence bro it's, it's kind of like the butterfly effect right uh, butterfly flaps his wing on one side of the earth a tsunami happens on the other um fanatics locked down two specific players in this case there's also victor Wimbayama, but that's a totally different animal like i i don't think you could outpace the demand for victor Wimbayama autographs well you could but it's just not easy um cj stroud which has been the real winner and will levis which has been the secondary uh his cards are great they're not like stroud but he really showed that he might be an actual really good nfl quarterback um, what happened was a ripple effect of not having Panini autographs in 20 different products this year has taken releases by David Adams Card World's wildcard, and it's taken releases by the Leaf Company that would normally kind of be afterthoughts and pushed up the value of the gradable stuff in there. If you look at PSA 10s, of wildcard, particularly the wildcard stained glass style inserts that look really nice, and the better leaf autographs, they are better for CJ Stroud and Will Levis than they have been for any quarterback prospect that I can think of, including Joe Burrow. Because Joe Burrow had a lot of autographs. He did. CJ Stroud and Will, Le Will Levis do not. So it's really made the big winners. Well, there's another caveat to this be leaf. And wildcard, however, and here's where Leaf and wildcard, yeah, you win, but not yet. Because of the way this worked over time, they didn't get this bump while Leaf and David Adams were selling this product. They got it after. So the secondary market got the bump and the manufacturer didn't. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust around and how the public perception adjusts around potential fanatics exclusive contracts going forward like um if they sign a uh a guy from this coming football draft class where it can't be made they've already got nil deals and the nil affects this as well by the way it's it's going to be a real complicated web moving forward to see how supply and demand is going to play out for young rookie quarterbacks this year it pushed up those cards and those cards are now like uh, like we're looking at a leaf and a wild card card that is investment class now we've never had that before. i think it's really cool for the collectors chris it is I'm excited that 
it wasn't the manufacturer, it wasn't necessarily the distributor, but somehow the collectors who enjoyed the cards, they saw the bump. So kudos to them. And, you know, listen, CJ Stroud does have autos with tops now. They're not necessarily for me, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it does come down to supply and demand. And I think you're right, Chris. It's interesting to see that it matters a little bit less about are the cards licensed or not when there's simply a very high demand of a particular autograph on a particular rookie card and the supply is all the way down here. Yeah. So <laughs> fun to see it play out certainly gives um, you know the industry uh, something to watch and uh, you know keep an eye on. So really glad really glad that you brought that up today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it's. Like this is my my daily grind is following these prices and and seeing this is it, it, like seeing something I haven't seen before is really interesting. Well, it's it's funny that you brought up the daily grind because there are people who are legitimate dumpster divers in the world. Speaking of <laughs> daily grind, well, I mean you can laugh all you want, but like when I used to work at Leland's Auction House nearly twenty years ago, some of the best finds that they had came from I don't know how else to say it professional dumpster divers. Meaning they were aware, you know, like uh, one of the great Pistol P. Maravich finds came from the dumpster of a law firm. Wow. I mean, multiple signed documents, and, you know, they should have shredded them. They didn't. Who knows if they were placed there, you know, a lot yeah. of different stories, et cetera. Um, but nonetheless, there were some cards found in a dumpster recently, Chris, and I knew you have the scoop, Chris, so let us know. So uh, so first we had the Jackson Merrill flawless cards, and this flawless baseball, so it's like, it, it's an unlicensed product. It doesn't really have this high secondary market value. It, it does, but it doesn't. You know, in sports cards, you look at a price on flawless, you're like, well, flawless baseball, wow, that's really expensive. But then when you compare it to a price, price of flawless football, you're like, wow, that's really not expensive. So all those Jackson Merrill cards were found in the dumpster. And today, uh, broken from uh, the Let Me Get That Potograph podcast, actually broke this story. Uh, Raiders quarterback Adian O'Connell, his flawless cards are... Um, the entire run, including the NFL shield was found unsigned in a dumpster today. Like, and there's more details coming out of the why, and there will be a lot of, there'll be a lot of different details, but Layton, it's, it's starting to look like more and more that these athletes just don't care about these cards in some cases. That's the number one maybe, thing I want fanatics to change. Maybe, but I would argue with LeBron signing a card with his son, mm -hmm. I think the tides are a changing. And yeah. so remember Chris, in, in any walk in life, there's always going to be an anomaly. There's always going to be an outlier. I'm not suggesting mm -hmm. that these are outliers. Yeah. But a lot of cards do end up in products. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like especially this day and age with internet sleuths, with hobby watchdogs, with more data available than ever before, I feel like it's a little bit more challenging to pull the wool over either an individual or a respective population's eyes when it comes to this stuff. Um, yeah. But that being said, I personally would much rather find Pistol Pete signed documents in the trash <laughs> in either one of these players' cards. But it is interesting yeah. news. Um, and speaking of cards, I know we, uh, for those that are new, um, thanks for tuning in today uh, to the Lunch Crew. It is our 14th episode. It's our first episode that we're pre-recording so we can make sure that we deliver to you each and every week a really fun, uh, exciting hobby show. And so with that, we are going to have a few cards from each of us for sale every week. And without further ado, Chris, what's the first one up for sale today? 
Uh, well, I have a couple of things from, well, I have a couple of modern baseball cards. The first is from, uh, Panini Flawless. Uh, you're familiar with the cards with the gem on them, with, with, with the actual gems, gems in them, right? Sure. You've seen those? Uh, so the first one is, let me get it in the frame properly here. From the from the 2022 Flawless Collegiate National Team, this is the guy who had probably a compelling story on the diamond as anybody, uh, Trey Turner. This is an autograph sure. with a sapphire in it, number to 15. If you followed Trey Turner last year, you know that Trey Turner had a had a all-time miserable first half in Philadelphia. So what happened was the fans said, hey, we're Philly. We booed Santa Claus. Let's maybe handle Trey Turner a little differently. Every sure. time Trey Turner came up to bat, it, in Philadelphia, they would cheer Trey Turner legitimately. Legitimately. They didn't boo him. They cheered him. And he had the greatest second half of any National oh, League yeah. shortstop. Yeah, that's no, a great story. Yeah, and uh, like, uh, like to me, it, it, it was my favorite story of the year last year, even though I hate the Phillies with a burning passion. I hate the Phillies. I hate the Phillies like you hate the Patriots. <laughs> but uh, even I was cheering for Trey Turner in that situation. So uh, really, really happy to bring that one. And like uh, the other one is, uh, gosh, a, a, a player that I that I sometimes gush over in my show. I think a lot of this kid, I thought a lot of his father, although his father didn't really have uh, a whole lot of longevity. And this is Bo Bichette. This is a Tops Now autograph blue number to forty number to forty nine of the twenty twenty uh, postseason series by Tops Now. These are the on demand autograph. You'd order it, and like eight months later, you'd get the card. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, here's the thing: how much is the Trey Turner? So for the folks who are watching, uh, the Trey Turner. You know, Layton, I, I gotta confess, I, I gotta I, I, I listed this card a week ago, so I'm a little unprepared here. Lunch crew, uh, the Trey Turner card is uh, 75 bucks for autograph number right. to 15 in the USA. And how group. much is the Bichette autograph rookie? Uh, the Bo Bichette is a uh, 90 bucks, which is a rookie autograph. Of, I can't, I would much rather have that. So, yeah. if you had to say to me, would I rather have an up and coming star? And no, I mean, I think Trey Turner's a good ball player, yeah, but a numbered rookie. And you, you know, listen, some people don't like tops now to me. Yeah, tops now. If it's done right, it's got the rookie logo and the numbered version versus the one they can produce in the millions or God knows how mm -hmm. many. You know what they're doing. Um, I think it's pretty cool. But either way, these days I can tell you I don't get out of Shoprite for much less than sixty-five bucks. So ninety bucks doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tops Now program. Uh, if you follow the VB South show, you know I'm always I'm, I'm always you know refreshing that page. I buy primarily soccer from Tops Now. Uh, because sometimes you can get uh, soccer stars that just aren't in other releases through the Top Now program. Uh, I love the on-demand baseball program. Uh, like uh, um, I, I broke down and bought the uh, the Boy Meets World card, the Topanga. You know, it's it's like to me that was cool. Maybe maybe you should have kept that out for the after hours program. But we'll, <laughs> I we'll show off the autograph. I just bought the it's base right. card. Well, uh, we'll let you slide. Um, I do have two vintage cards for sale this week, Chris. What's first up? All right, first up is the, and if this, this will switch, that would be great. 
is the well let's go big let's go big or go home let's go with the 33 gaudy gabby hartnett right so this is one of the coolest looking cards from the set as you can see he's in literally the catch and pose throwing from his knees former cub great hall of fame catcher it is graded a psa six you can see left to right gorgeous centering top to bottom is a little bit off very sharp court a very sharp card what is this, 1275, Chris? Is that the price? 1275, because sixes don't happen in this very often. No, they don't. And I wanted to make sure that the folks know who are watching the lunch crew, because we realize we have some break of maniacs to follow binge breaks. We have some folks who uh, are community members from the Just Collect world um, that are watching. But we also realize there might be some folks who are watching the lunch crew and have never heard of us, don't know either one of our companies. And so we want you to know that, of course, we'd love to sell these cards, but we're not really doing this to necessarily generate sales, we're doing this to generate contact within the community. And if you are if you fall in love with and must have one of these cards, but it's a little bit out of your budget, don't be afraid. DM us. You can email me direct if that's easier for you, latenatjustcollect.com, or DM us right on here. Um, and if you're interested in trading or proposing something, let us know. Worst we can say is no. Yeah, I mean, um... I, th I think we like in our live shows. Sometimes you know we have negotiations. You know, if you've ever watched the Vintage Break live show, you you know that sometimes you can get a little bit more bonuses by going, "Hey, if I do this, can I get a little bit more juice?" It's the same concept. Well, if you want to tune in to one of the coolest, uh, well, obviously this is uh, biased as I am one of the owners, but one of the coolest breaking streams and companies around. Check out our VintageBreaks.com stream live on YouTube. We stream seven days a week on our YouTube channel. You can find us at youtube.com slash vintage breaks. You want to check out our over 100 breaks for sale that you would do right on our website at vintagebreaks.com. We are the world leader in set breaks. So we'll have anything and everything from a 1955 tops baseball set break to a 1986 fair basketball set break. We just launched a 1954 tops hockey set break. And if that's not enough, we also have a 1959 Fleer Stooges set break, which I can tell you 100% is the only one available in the country at the moment so next up is the other vintage card to have for sale this week it's really cool forgot the player's name but it's from a really great time period um what year is the card from chris uh 1924 xena leverance leverance so it's a xena from 24 of course missing the coupon when i say of course most xena cards from the 1910s to the 1920s are missing their coupons but a few years ago sgc started grading the cards without the coupons, which I think is really cool. And I think it's smart because people still love the cards. There's a lot of key, really important cards that um, are really rare and tough to find from Z-Nuts. However, there's also a lot of cards where players were only in the PCL and they never made it to the majors. And it might be their only card or only cards ever made. So to me, that coupled with some of just the amazing uniforms of that time period, obviously, you know, black and white might be tough to tell on the screen, but the cards in person a lot more striking. I think this card's 125 bucks. Yeah. So if you're talking about a card that's about 100 years old, um, in very reasonable mid-grade condition, uh, it's a great type card for a collection. Um, and if you don't know what a type card is, uh, it's for those that, for example, like you like a particular set, like 1952 tops. Maybe you're never going to have the funds to buy a mantle or to buy a maze. But you know what? You're going to buy a high number because you can get a VG one for 150 bucks or 100 bucks. And you just want to say you have the 1952 Tops card in your collection. That's what some people do with Z-Nuts and cards like Obax from that time period. But let us know in the chat, if you're a type collector, what are some of the really cool cards that you have bought 
just a single card from yours truly would love to know as I'm always collecting in that fashion. Yeah. And, um, I like, I had to know Layton. So I did a little bit, I uh, did a little bit of digging and found out exactly what a Z-Note is. Do you know what a Z-Note is? Yeah. It was candy. Well, I kind of, kind of like yeah. they had Cracker Jacks back then. No, it's a different kind of candy. It, it, it is. It is. It, it's it's yeah. like, it's like a kind bar. With uh, popcorn, peanuts, and coconut. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a kind bar, but they were the kind bar before the kind bar. But that might be yeah. the quote of the show. Z-Nuts <laughs> were the kind bar before kind bars were. Yeah, were yeah, yeah. They even had a song published in 1908, and I'll spare you. Oh, listen, look it up. Z-Nuts, I, I don't like to, because I own some, I don't own a lot. I own some. I just think for what they are, they're a wonderful piece of baseball history that's actually not widely known. And yeah. you can buy a lot of cards for well under $100 that are not created with missing a coupon. And uh-huh. that's all I'm saying. Check out eBay. Don't buy any from us. But uh, it's worth checking out. Um, Chris, I know we still have a few other things to cover today. Talk to me about new releases. I know we have a couple key ones on the horizon. So uh, the long-awaited monster that is Prism Basketball is coming out. and uh, Hobby. 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 been out. Hobby and uh, few, yeah, yeah, yeah. First off the line, retail Monopoly has been a, Monopoly came out and Monopoly's great, by the way. Monopoly has some beautiful yeah. cards in it. First off the line is out, and the one of one just got hit. The Black Shimmer. Yeah, it got hit overseas, I believe. Um, it did. Those guys had some energy, man. I hope that our guys today have that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched it. It was like uh, the the, the train. Like I saw uh, Lemmy Lemmy James. On Instagram, uh, put it out, and his, his energy was great too. And he actually, he's actually translating the uh, the, the the Japanese, I believe it was. No, I know. It was great. Awesome. <laughs> but um, it comes out, and it, it's it's a monster. Wim- Wimbayama cards are um, like, and we spoke before the show. The Wimbayama hype is similar to the Zion job, but different because it's tempered by the knowledge of how the Zion job stuff ended out. So you're not going to see a lot of the stupid. But you might see some more stable bumps to this stuff as when we when well, we I'm excited because prison basketball, if you're a basketball fan, even if you don't collect, meaning like for the value, you just like to uh-huh. like I like to open a box or two. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily need a hobby. Just the blasters, it's fine. But I, I do like prison basketball. However, there's an important football release coming out too. It starts with an I, if not mistaken. Yeah, impeccable football. Impeccable it is like it looks like a high end release because it's so expensive. But when but when you pair its content versus National Treasures, when you pair its content versus Immaculate, it's quite a bit cheaper, but still puts that high-end punch on it, that high-end spin on it. Um, Impeccable is a popular, a popular release, but it, its designs are a little out there, so a lot of people will, and a lot of people get stuck on the brand recognition of a National Treasures, but Impeccable is not a bad, not a bad way to go with these cards if you're not looking to shell out what it takes. That's to a get great, them. that's yeah. a great point, Chris. Especially if you like a veteran card, uh-huh. like some veteran content, and I don't know exactly what's going to be in there, but that's one thing I've noticed with like Impeccable, or even, and I don't want to get off track here, but you know, like if you look at, let's say the current year's flawless baseball, because I love flawless baseball, mm-hmm. not so much for the rookies, but for the veteran content, but if you just wait. For like the market to settle a little bit, or if you're like, you know what, I'm going to collect one years ago, um, one year ago, excuse me, uh, flawless baseball, the veteran mm-hmm. content, the price has settled down. Yeah. So same thing, impeccable. Personally, for me, I wouldn't necessarily rip the wax. I'd find that really, you know, exciting card or two. I'd wait for the market to settle, and I pounce on it when you find it. 
Yeah, and there won't be C.J. Stroud autographs, but it's it, the market's proving it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, listen, they're still going to want the parallels. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of other rookies that will have autographs. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and Anthony Richardson. And, you know, I know, I know there's this, been this thing about potentially fake Anthony Richardson prism autographs. Well, listen, I personally let's believe they're real. Let's cover that because, you know, yeah. we – yeah, well, because we were talking about it earlier. And, you know, it's – at the very least – as of today, right, March, excuse me, March, I'm already heading to March because I think about spring break. February 20th, um, it'll, our episode will drop in a few days. Um, let everyone know what's currently going on with the Anthony Richardson, when I say saga, because I don't know if it's a saga, yeah. I wanted to uh, have your opinion um, as to what's going on. So what happened was uh, somebody submitted a Richardson Prism autograph to PSA, and PSA returned it they said we're not holding it because we question the that what question is prism football okay they said we question the legitimacy of this autograph and if you looked at early mosaics and even some of the early prism you see this small abbreviated small on the sticker ar like style autograph it's, it's very small and the ones that they're rejecting are the big ones across the sticker and it, it does look remarkably different you're like how could the same guy sign both these things well, the hobby kind of erupted over it. They said, hey, Anthony Richardson is clearly using a ghost signer because we had this other minor league baseball player admit to do it on camera, uh, admit to do it on camera. You know, everybody knows it's happened over the years. But this would be the only quote-unquote high-profile player that Panini has in their, product, in their product, potentially with autographs that aren't authentic. So it's kind of a, kind of a big deal because of who it is and when it is and what else is going on around the industry. However, there is a video on the internet, I'll link it in the show notes, that show a live signing of Anthony Richardson hand-signing stickers with that big signature. So, kind of blows a hole in it, and PSA needs to reevaluate, and they, 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 need to get, they need to get exemplars. Like, I don't blame PSA for saying, hey, we're questioning this. But PSA saying we're questioning this does not mean this is fake. That is not what they are saying. Well, I want to add something to this, Chris, because you're 100% right. And then we're going to cover the last thing today. Uh, so I feel like along the way, all of us, meaning the dealers, collectors, especially the ones that are in the know, have been doing this a long time. I feel like we forgot that what we get from the grading companies is not fact, <laughs> it's opinions. I'm gonna talk about it more on Trading Card Therapy later this week. So make sure you tune in and check that out. But that is how I feel about it, Chris. So sometimes we, the community, meaning collectors, dealers, investors, will actually know more than the grading companies. The grading companies will may, may eventually figure it out, mm -hmm. but just remember, and like I said, if you think this is an interesting topic, please tune in this week in a couple of days to Trading Card Therapy. I believe it's our 55th episode. Um, I'm going to cover that topic in detail. So with that, Chris, really appreciate you letting us know about the Anthony Richardson song as it stands. The last topic I wanted to cover today is really just wanted to share with you something that happened as I was going through a group of baseball cards for evaluation that are, you know, a little over a hundred years old. And 
absolutely the card is worth money, but it 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 was a it was a throwback for me as to really how I started to get involved with cards. And I started collecting cards as a really young kid, you know, nine or ten years old, because I loved the sport of baseball. And then, you know, this is pre-internet, you know, certainly they had newspapers and, you know, I would get like my baseball digest every month. But one of the ways I was like expanding that, like I was expanding my knowledge about the game, not just baseball, basketball, football, a little bit of hockey even. I would take the cards and I would look at them. I would read them. And then if I didn't know who a guy was, I remember my dad being so proud. How many of our parents did this? If you're watching, let me know in the comments. You know, encyclopedias were like a big deal back in the day, especially before Google. My dad pieced it together. It wasn't Britannica. I think it was like uh, Funk and Wagnalls. It was some, you know, um, promotion the supermarket was running. But I would like go look up John McGraw and see if he was in, you know, the encyclopedia. Because I would see like a John McGraw reprint card. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking up some baseball players. So eventually he wanted me not to look in encyclopedias. He got me baseball digest. But the reason I'm bringing it up is that that, that moment hit me when I was going through this group of M101 sporting news cards. And for those of you who don't know, these are the backs. Oh, I guess I have to show it up. Oh, yeah. Hi, Chris. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me get this Great. done. Here we go. So, you know, these are a really sweet group of M101 sporting news um, cards. And there's really not that many stars in here. There's one Hall of Famer, which I'm going to show you. There you go. Yeah. You recognize Mr. Charles Stangle, otherwise known as Casey. So it's a very, very early card of him, certainly pre-managerial days with the Brooklyn Nationals. So that's super cool. But the card that really got me, and this is why I brought it up today, and sometimes you just got to take a step back and say, wow, it's really cool, whether it be your collector, and I get to collect these cards, and I get to be the custodian of them, or you get to be a dealer, or get to be a little bit of both. If you don't know who he is, do yourself a favor, look it up in your parents' encyclopedia. Huh. Uh, or if you want to take the easy way out, you can Google it. But Ray Chapman, I haven't had a Ray Chapman card in a long time. And it's worth some money. If I had a guess, this card is 500 bucks, maybe 1000 Um, But it really is a piece of baseball history. And it had me going down the rabbit hole. Of like, If you don't know who uh, Ray Chapman is, Ray Chapman was the first and only baseball player, professional, to ever be killed in an from an on the field incident so he was hit in the head with a ball 12 hours later he was dead and in 1920 when this happened by the next season they had outlawed the spitball um and you might say like why so well of course aside from the crazy you know way that it got to the plate they're also worried about um uh it being gross <laughs> and you know not being safe uh for the players and so even though they had talked about helmets it took a full 30 years after Ray Chapman was killed by a pitch to institute batting helmets all across Major League Baseball. And so I'm just sharing this today because it had me down this rabbit hole. And this is why I got into baseball cards. It wasn't for value. It was really to be able to have a piece of the game that I love and still do and to learn more about it through the cards. And that's what I did with Ray Chapman. So was he hit by a pitch or a line drive? He, he was hit by a pitch. Wow. Yeah, by Carl Mays. Wow. That's, that's 12 hours crazy. later, he's dead. Wow. Yep. Beautiful card. What, 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 it what, is. What, and we're going to talk about on uh, Trading Card Therapy later this week about grading and, and you know, abuse and I the holder and, you know, back damage and all that stuff. So, like I said, stay tuned. I believe it's our 55th episode. Thank you so much for tuning into the Lunch Crew. 
Really appreciate your support. Make sure you tune in each and every week for the Lunch Crew. Thanks for checking us out.